Welcome to Being at Work. Today's guest is an important reminder to be true to yourself. It's a theme you'll hear across her leadership and throughout her career. Marisol Sanchez is the VP of Legal Affairs, General Counsel for Indris and Hauser, Inc., where she serves as legal counselor and strategic legal and business advisor from a local and global perspective for the company operations in North America. She'll highlight a pivotal moment early in her career when she applied for a branch manager position. My biggest takeaway, speak your truth. Originally, I'm from Puerto Rico. That's where I grew up and went uh, to undergrad uh, school where I majored in business and had aspirations since I was a little kid to become a, a lawyer. Um, I met my husband in, in Puerto Rico um, in undergrad. And uh, fortunately, I guess for both of us, we both have the same aspirations to study law and to study law here in the United States. So we both embarked in our journey when we graduated from undergrad, got married, came over here to Indiana, a little bit of a uh, uh, weather, right? Culture shock there, but uh, ended up in Fort Wayne um, to kind of ground ourselves a little bit while we were here and figure out what we were, where we were going to study law and what we were going to do uh, once we were here. And at that point in time, as brand new, I guess, graduates, right? Uh, we started our journey by working at banks and, and we actually both worked at the same, the same bank. I ended up ultimately managing one bank, uh, one of the branches uh, for National City Bank, which is currently now known as PNC. And my husband, Rafael, uh, was managing another branch. But our careers started really when as a teller, um, customer service representative, but a lot of people, you know, you, you know that as your, as your teller. So that's where I started my journey. And of course, being a business uh, grad, I had aspirations of moving up and in management. That was my, my undergraduate major was management and marketing. So when that first opportunity came up in the bank um, for a management position, um, this was perhaps about five months into my job, five, six months, um, I applied for it. And this, I would say, was one of the first, it was a pivotal moment in my life, I would have to say, where you're embarking in and you know, a professional environment, career, um, trying to make it a name for yourself. And when I applied for this job thinking, well, I have all the credentials and I learned pretty quickly, you know, got really settled in, in, in what I was doing. But I unfortunately, I did not get a position. And that was very discouraging. Did your leaders know that this was something you aspired to? I would say yes. Um, it, I was not shy about uh, voicing my my career goals, um, so they did know. The question is, how vocal perhaps was I about that? Maybe you know I would have said it in passing and whatnot. And how my actions, right, and my behavior perhaps demonstrated uh, how much I wanted this this job. But it was. I guess I was taken aback. It was surprising to me that I did not get the position. Um, like I said, I thought I had all the skill sets and the qualifications. Um, certainly for the job, I had the degree, which was required. And yet the position was given to someone else who 
did not have all of the criterias, um, did not have the degree, but the person did have the experience. I'm not taking anything from that person in that regard, but I never heard back about why the reasons why I did not get the position. And a lot of times this is what happens, right? You, you apply for a job or a position and it gets awarded to perhaps someone else and you don't understand the reasons why and you just kind of accept that and move on and maybe try the next time. But it was unsettling to me. It took a couple of days before I built up the courage to actually go and schedule a meeting and, and talk to the CEO about this. And I just scheduled a meeting and said, hey, we want to talk to you about position um, that I was just passed up on and want to understand the reasons why. And this was, I think, the moment when I say it's a pivotal moment in my career and my, in my life from a personal standpoint too, that moment, that decision to open myself up and be vulnerable and have the courage to uh, go and ask the question, seek that feedback from the CEO as to what was it that perhaps you did not see in me or you felt that was still, there were still gaps or some areas of development that I perhaps um, could still work on before attaining a position like an assistant manager position. And I remember when I walked into that office, <laughs> he looked at me and, you know, we had a good relationship um, and somewhat of a friendship. And I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to be very honest with you. I was shocked <laughs> that I didn't get this position for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. And he looked at me and he said, really, I'm actually surprised that you scheduled this meeting with me. Uh, and I said, well, why? Why are you surprised about that? And he said, well, because I think it, it does take some courage to come and ask for the meeting. And plus, it shows a boldness or confidence level in you that I had not seen before. And I asked him, why Why would you think that? Um, is that one of the reasons that you, you felt like I wasn't ready for this position? And he said, yes, he was candid, which I very much appreciated. Um, I wanted him to be fully candid about that and give me the feedback. And he said, yes, Mayor, so I, I feel like, you know, what I've seen of you, you're just really nice and obviously have the degree and the, the skill set. But I wasn't sure that you were ready to manage a branch and lead a team and have the experience to make difficult decisions and be assertive when necessary, because sometimes in this role, you have to be, and it takes someone, you know, with some toughness to them. And I was surprised by that. That's not my style. And I, I told him, I said, well, that's surprising to me because my style is not to be by fear. Um, I am not, you know, I don't have an aggressive, assertive personality that's very, I wear it on my sleeve, so to speak. If I need to hold someone accountable and I need to challenge uh, a situation or make tough decisions, I can do that. But there's a time and place for that. I don't have to, you know, everything that, that you see from me is not going to reflect someone who's pounds the table and, you know, is very vocal all the time. And I don't believe that this position requires that. So he was, I would say, pleased to see how I was speaking, because I think in that, at that time, he saw that level of confidence and assertiveness in me that he had not seen before. And he told me that he said, you know, this is exactly what I had not seen from you before. And, you know, you opened my eyes a little bit more. 
And I, I can see that. And I can see where when the time merits, you can go there when you need to. Okay, so there's so much in this story that I want to unpack with you. So let's let's back up to, you know, you, you said that upon hearing that you didn't get the role, of course, your response was disappointment because you felt like you had all the skills necessary, but you also saw that the person they brought in had a lot of experience. So that helped. But then taking it to the CEO, like deciding I'm going to schedule time with the CEO to get feedback. Like there's such an important leadership lesson in that. So much of the time, you know, we just, we make assumptions or we feel like, okay, yeah, that person had a lot of experience. So that's why. And then we just move forward. Tell me more about that. Because the CEO said to you, it took a lot of courage to come to me and it did. So tell me about that decision. Like what made you decide I'm going to schedule time and get feedback? How did that come about? Like I said, it didn't come easy. It took me at least a couple of days (laughs) to to think about this and actually, you know, reflect on it. And the more I reflected on it and I, I, you know, I bounced it off with my husband. He also thought, well, I see that you have all the qualifications as well. So I, he encouraged me to go forward with that. And, and um, after a couple of days, I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go talk to him. Um, He's not a scary person. (laughs) I think a lot of times titles discourage us. Did you have a relationship with him? Yes, I did. It wasn't a really close relationship because like I said, I was pretty new. That's right. Five months in. Yeah. Yeah. Just about five months in. And I'm sure listeners are probably thinking, my gosh, nurse, I'll be really five months in. You're already (laughs) striving for an assistant manager position. I freaking love that about you. That's why you're on the (laughs) show right now. There's some badassery in there. <laughs> I love that term, by the way. Um, and if you know, you know me, Andrea, and it, it's hard to see a badass in me. But <laughs> but like I said, it's all an example, right? Um, it's, a, it's an example about this that when the time merits it, uh, you, you see this. And the, the problem is someone like the CEO in that case wasn't seeing me every day. And... He only saw or heard those really small snippets of times and moments where we cross paths. Or, you know, if you don't have an advocate in your manager, your supervisor to support you in, in those conversations. And I think that's part of where perhaps I also could have used more uh, of my voice with my direct supervisor to say, hey, I, I need you to be an advocate for me for this, right? Because he doesn't see me every day, but you do. That's a good point. I mean, so you advocated for yourself in this situation because you could have gone to your manager and said, hey, help me out here. Why, why didn't you do that? Why did you choose to advocate for yourself instead? So I did have a somewhat of a relationship with him. He actually was the one who hired me um, into the bank. So that's why I said I did feel afraid of going to him directly and said this to the CEO, you're, you're nice too. <laughs> and because he is, he's such a great person and, and a great leader. And I never saw from him that other side of him either. And I felt like our personality styles were very similar. But of course, you know, if he doesn't know me very well and doesn't see me on a day-to-day basis, right? For him, he can, you know, or anybody else, which is not the first time that I've, you know, I had heard that uh, about my style being soft-spoken and just, you know, mild-tempered in that way. 
But I heard one time, and this was just recently, but this whole thing about nice, right? He said, you're, you're just so nice. And I need someone who's going to have the backbone and the strength and right to, you know, if you have to make a tough decision, if you have to challenge and hold your team accountable and make some bold moves that you will be able to do that. And this whole thing about as a leader being kind and not nice, I heard that just recently and it only then clicked just recently what he meant by you're so nice, right? And because at first I thought, well, what's wrong with that, right? Don't you want someone who's professional and goes about, you know, in a way that can lead a team in, in the right way? And that's not what he was getting at. He was getting at this whole difference between being kind and nice. And as leaders, we have to be kind, right? Not nice. Nice is viewed as you're friendly on a relationship standpoint. You know, you're going, you might be viewed as uh, you won't challenge uh, someone or hold someone accountable because you don't want to cause friction or you don't like confrontation. But when you're kind, it's you can be professional and you can go about it in, in a good way, but you're still strong and you can still be direct and assertive in the way that you you need to to hold that person accountable. And as managers and leaders, we sometimes have to wear that be that role. So you don't want to be nice where you're going to be walked all over. You want to be kind. Well and you knew that about yourself. I love what you said to him because you said you you were surprised by his perception of you. And you, you told him in that meeting, like, my style is not to lead by fear. So you knew that that was a part of you. And, and I love the renaming from nice to kind. In a recent podcast, Brene Brown talked about strong back, soft front. That's what I hear you describe, describing, like strong backbone, strong conviction, integrity, knowing what you stand for, but being kind and caring about the people that you're leading. Exactly. That's exactly the case. And, you know, I think a lot of times we hear that and we confuse the two, we conflate the two as, as being one and the same when really, really they're, they're not. And when you're leading a team, and that's part of what, like I said, I didn't even realize the distinction that was being made at that time. And it made me think about a little bit about myself and who, you know, who I am in terms of my style, right? And, and I, I was very, straightforward with him the way I'm speaking to you now. That's not my style and that will never be my style. And I can adjust my leadership skills to the team that I have, um, to their individual um, strengths and, and speak to those and, and, and lead them in that way where they can relate. But I'm not going to change the way I am. Just because someone, you know, said, here's what I wanted to see in you. And he wasn't really telling me, you need to change your style. He was just saying, here's a perception of you. Be aware of that perception and make sure that you tailor your style in a way that can be expressed in the, and perceived in the way you want people to perceive it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good good insight for emerging leaders, because I think a lot of the times, you know, especially if you have a CEO saying to you, like, be this way, like there might be the tendency to be like, okay, I'll be more of that. But that's not what you said. You said, hey, this is who I am. I can adapt if the situation calls for it. 
but I'm not going to change the core of who I am. It's, it's really impressive that at that point, like you knew what your leadership style was and you knew your strengths, at least the core of your strengths enough to have confidence in that. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, this is not to say that we don't all, we're not all always developing as leaders, right? And you're, you're developing yourself and maybe molding yourself in, in the way you're expressing that leadership. But at the core, you have to know who you are because otherwise, if you're trying to fake it and <laughs> try to create a persona that you really aren't, I think at in the end of the day, that might be more detrimental because it's always going to surface at one point or the other and it will, it, it will just seem fake. Why do you think at that point, so early in your career, you know, five months into this role, like how, how did you come to know who you were? Like, what is it in your experiences that really helped you say, like, this is my style? Yeah, well, I mean, how people are, it really embodies experiences from even childhood. Um, I would say all of the experience you have growing up and, and uh, going through school or the people that have surrounded you and the mentors help create right who you are and, and you just adapt that. And I would say I've always been that way. I have, you know, had to not change, but um, really come out of my shell from ever since I was younger, I was very shy. And my dad always said, you know, you can't be shy uh, all the time. Sometimes you're going to have to get out there and really show who you are in order to move up in this world and to show all the, you know, the, the capabilities that you have. And that always stuck with me because I am, you know, I, I was always a shy person. And sometimes if you meet me now, maybe Andrea, you have a different perspective. Um, people think, oh gosh, I would never have pegged you as shy, but I've just grown comfortable, right? Grown, grown comfortable in those moments when I can be, right? I need to be, be assert, I need to be assertive, use my voice. It's moments like this where I see that I have to, right? You have to be comfortable with that because sometimes if, if you're not the one vocalizing that, who else will? So, um, yeah, I think in, in life, you just find those moments in time when you say, oh, yep, this is an example where I probably have to use my voice in the right way, whether it's for myself or for somebody else. Well, in this story that you've shared, I mean, he was very receptive to your feedback and encouraged that. And there was already some semblance of a relationship because you said he'd hired you into the bank, right? So no doubt he was rooting for you in some ways. I suspect throughout your career, because you've been in, you know, with Indris and Hauser and with Bose, McKinney and Evans, and prior to that with the Indiana Supreme Court, like no doubt you've been in a lot of tough situations in your career those situations where there isn't openness to you being who you are. How do you remain firm in that? Yeah, you're right. There's, and there's always times in, in the career path where you're going to confront these situations. And well, first of all, to answer this question, I'm going to go back a little bit with the, with the bank in about two, about maybe three months later, a position that came open, right? And I did get that position. So I did become assistant branch, branch manager. That was something that showed me, right, that 
having that decision and the courage to and boldness to go to talk to the CEO and have a candid conversation about that, had I not done that, I probably would have not have gotten that other position that became open because he would not have seen that side of me or but or known to look for that side of me. Um, which is I think is just as important. You know, people sometimes are just unaware. And if you don't make it known um, because the visibility isn't there, then, you know, you might get passed up for other opportunities. So because I had that success later, it gave me more confidence and more, it reassured me that being true to myself and being true to, you know, my style from a leadership perspective was still the right thing, right? I was just showing it in, in, in different ways. And maybe sometimes you just have to, I don't want to say you always have to be explaining yourself, but sometimes you do, right? You and you explain yourself through actions and, and behaviors. And that's something that, you know, later in life, like when I was at the law firm, I had to make some tough decisions, meaning, you know, do I switch careers when I am, you know, I was at the verge of becoming partner, and I had an opportunity present itself. And here you're thinking, oh gosh, you're going to leave all of this that you've worked for and you're going to leave it for another job. And yeah, so that was another time where I could say, okay, nurse, I'll just think of, about who you are, what do you want? And you have to think for yourself for not only the benefit of you and your family, but also for the, the, the organization and the opportunity that's presenting itself. You want to make sure that it's the right decision. Making So there's a lot to consider. That's what I hear in your response. But it always starts with like being true to yourself. Like, am I being who I am? And you talked earlier about the importance of ad- adapting. And I think that's a good distinction to make. Like, of course, you're adapting to situation and context based on the relationship, based on your role. But at the core, like there you are with your strengths leading through it all. That's really a good point. Andrea, that you that you stated, I did not realize this at that moment in time. One of my strengths is, uh, you know, a connector, relator, um, building relationships, achiever, you know, lead, leading a team. And I, I did not know that leading a team because because of that connectedness in the relationship. And I did not realize that at that time. But slowly, you you start picking up. Okay, I I, I was fortunate enough to get this assistant manager position eventually. And then from there in, in six short months, I actually made branch manager. I, I was given the branch manager opportunity. So I moved up pretty quickly and had a, had a team under me. And it was the first time I was actually ever leading a team was when I was at the, the bank. But there I started understanding what my strengths were. I didn't really know what that meant, meant right? Until now in my career at Joseph Hauser, we've been doing maybe you and a lot of others have done um, the Strength Finders assessment. And I've just now realizing what I was doing was I was leveraging my strength in that earlier situation. And now that I can understand my strength, oh, I wish I would have done this assessment before. <laughs> it would have probably saved me a lot of heartache um, or, or stress in the meantime. But at that point in time, I, I really wasn't willing to compromise my strength because somehow within me, I knew that was a strength. 
and that I knew that is what was really going to be able to get me that opportunity to move up and, and to continue to develop and grow. And, and hasn't it? And hasn't it throughout your career? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It showed in a moment. I, I just alluded to that a little bit ago with the, with the law firm and how I got here to NGS and Hauser. I was just about ready. I knew I was about ready to become partner or I was up for nomination. Let's just put it that way um, to become partner at the law firm. And that's what we all as lawyers, right? Young lawyers, you aspire to when you're in a law firm is move up the ranks in that way. And I had built a relationship with Andrews and Hauser, which was um, one of my clients. And they were at a moment in time where they were growing. I was doing a lot of advisory from a business and legal perspective. And I told them there was not a, a legal department they didn't here for the U.S. operations. They did not have legal counsel. So I was their outside legal counsel for all intents and purposes, operating kind of like a general counsel for them. And I told them, I said, hey, I think you should have someone. I should not have to be dealing with top executives at the at the company dealing on matters. You know, you should have someone internally that can maybe serve as a point person and help advise you. And we're at a growth rate now that that seems like, you know, um, it would be a value, a value add and asset to your organization. And they listened and they started, you know, they loved the idea. And kind of asked me to, you know, brainstorm what would this look like? Tell us a little bit more about that. What would a candidate be? And all this time, you might think, yeah, right, Marathon. I swear, I did not even think about myself in that position. I was clearly just, you know, advocating for a position for them, someone that I could work with (laughs) that would make it easier for them. And so I even crafted a job description for them and gave them some recommendations on people. And lo and behold, when they said that they were ready to post a position, they said, well, we don't want to post it. We want you. And I was floored. (laughs) I was really floored at that time. Did not see that coming at all. And that's another time when it's, wow, what do I do? Right. And at that time, I was up for partnership, like I said. I was pregnant with my third child. And I really, it took me about two, three weeks for me to think about it. I said, I need to reflect on that. I think, I think they were surprised that I wanted to take time to think about it. They thought you would just be like, yeah. Yeah. On the spot. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. And I went back and again, you know, you have your sounding board and I talk with my husband about it, talk with friends. And I was just struggling mentally about the idea, more so because professionally, I felt like, gosh, you know, I've worked so hard to get to this level to be hopefully voted in as a partner. I feel like I owe it to myself to give that an opportunity. Secondly, I am pregnant with my third child and I have three little kids. I don't know what the expectations will be of this new job because it's creating the department. Like they don't have anyone that I can follow in the footsteps of. So I will be creating this for the U.S. And I know my level of expectations where they were. 
I know the company had some expectations, not nearly as high as mine because they never had this position. So, you know, weren't quite sure what that entailed. But I even knew it was going to be more than what even I expected. And I felt like, you know, if I'm going to take an opportunity, I want to take it for the right reasons and make sure that I'm fully committed. I'm I'm not going to jump into something if I'm not 100% committed to that opportunity. And I felt like I owed it to my family and myself to not throw myself in that situation without knowing what it was going to be like for me personally anyway. With the law firm, you know, I, I knew, I knew what those expectations are, were. I was doing it already with two kids. So, you know, for me, I felt like, okay, I know I can figure this out. And it's not to say that I didn't know that I couldn't figure it out with the company, but I know that I knew they needed someone who could really jump in quickly and get a lot of things moving quickly. So I rejected the offer <laughs> ultimately. And that was a really hard decision to make to say no to something that I knew ultimately I would, I was always aspiring to as well, but the timing wasn't right. And it was, I felt like it wasn't right for me and it wasn't perhaps right for the company and they didn't even know it at that time. So just another example of advocating for yourself. I mean, I love this story because it's such a different situation and different context, but once again, like you stood firm in what was best for you and your family and your situation at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was honest with them. Like I said, um, you know, being, I think that's also something that we take for granted a lot of times is that sometimes you feel like you can't be as candid as perhaps you need to be, but it gave them full context. And in fact, they respected me for the fact that I said, you know, I didn't simply just say, no, I'm going to, I think I'm up for partnership. I don't want to take this job right now. I gave them all the reasons and I said, look, it's primarily, you know, I, I do value my family and I, I value the flexibility that I have with the, with the law firm, you know, that I kind of can make my hours work the way I need them to. And I would love to work for this company. If there's any company that I would be, you know, work, working for, if I were to move out of the private practice, it would be with you guys because I love the relationships, the people, it's all about the people. And I like the the mission and the goals and the vision of the company. So they never filled the position. And three years later, they came back around and they asked me to, to see if the timing was right. They said, no. so Marisol is the time right now. <laughs> and at this point, they're following your lead, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and at that point, the timing was perfect. And it, oh, it just worked that out. Oh, so great. Wow. I love how that all unfolded. Yeah. And the other thing I see the parallels between this story and the branch manager story is in both of those situations, like you talked earlier about how with the CEO, you really had to open yourself up and be vulnerable with him about how you were feeling. Same thing here. It takes vulnerability and courage to say, here's where I am. Because that's different. It was very different in both situations. It was different than where they were. So that's, that's so good. That's, that's my big takeaway from this is advocating for yourself. I see that in both of these stories. And just the, the level of openness and courage and vulnerability that takes. And that's, that's got to come from within you, right? Developing that so that you can be an advocate for yourself. Because who else? You can't rely on other people to do that at the end of the day. 
Yeah, absolutely. That when you are true to yourself in that way, and when you allow yourself to be vulnerable in that way, I think that helps us grow as leaders and and, and also grow as a person, um, right? Because you learn so much about yourself. And I think that instills a level of credibility and confidence with the people that you're either working with, that you're leading, that you're working for, that, you know, are trusting you to lead your team. And they know that, you know what, gosh, I mean, she was so open and, and transparent since the beginning. We know that we're going to get that throughout our relationships. Yeah, the level of trust then. Absolutely. Because they know what to expect. Marisol, thank you so much. Thank you for advocating for yourself and modeling the way. I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we, you and I are both raising young women. What an important message for them to hear. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's key too, right? Um, I think in everything we do, we don't realize it, but we're being an example and we're being watched. <laughs> as much as we watch our kids, they're watching us. And, you know, that's a good point. Seeing these tough decisions that I've had to make in my life it gives them more strength and confidence to be able to, again, like, you know, like the theme of today is to be true to themselves. Thank you so much for being here. If our, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so I'd be happy to connect with anyone. Great. Thank you, my friend. I so appreciate you being here and sharing your insight. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.